Sorry. Tyler. Good job. We're live. We're live. And we're just like kind of throwing together this podcast. We uh, just got done running. So it was uh, kind of a rush to get down here before the countdown. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Can you move that mic oh. closer? We were just talking about um, not not having to sit close to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a different uh, feeling talking on a mic. No, yeah, it's weird. It's weird to like capture your voice and you're like, what is this? This is what I sound like? Yeah. But, and then it, yeah, it just kind of throws you off. There's a little bit of a lag when you're talking and you kind of hear it. Yeah. And it just throws you off when you're talking. Yeah. It's even weirder when you go back and listen. You're like, oh my gosh, I hate yeah. hearing myself listen. Like, I do a podcast and uh, just hearing my voice, I'm like, I don't like the way I sound. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. No, I hated it. I hated it so much. And even worse is when you uh, videotape yourself doing something, you're like, I am so fucking awkward. <laughs> I'm the most awkward person I've ever seen. Like, last time I, I was doing this video and whatnot, and I was rewatching myself and I was like, I look like a fucking psychopath a little bit because my <laughs> eyes were all big and I was trying, I was trying to, I don't know, trying to open my eyes, make them smile or something. And I just looked like a psychopath. <laughs> like, okay, let's not do that again. One of the funniest things is when I have somebody on the podcast and they're like, where's the camera at? And I'm like, oh, it's over here. And they're like, oh, okay. And then they turn and look at the camera. I'm like, you don't have to, you don't have to do that. You can just look well, at hello, me. fans. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. <sighs> Um, yeah, I just like to have them there. I don't even focus on them. I just like to have them there to just capture the moment. Mm -hmm. But dude, this morning was fun. Oh, it was a good one. It was yeah. a six mile run, I guess, for all the viewers that didn't exactly join us on the run. <laughs> you, uh, oh, yeah. you gave me a good idea about possibly running with the people that I have on the podcast or like, mm -hmm. or given that opportunity. So possibly having like some sort of experience that somebody could sign up for. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So like I was thinking while I was in the shower um, before this podcast was maybe I should because I'm building that cold plunge. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should offer some sort of experience where somebody could when they do the podcast, we go for a run and then we do a cold plunge and then we oh, do the podcast. Fun. Now, it reminds me of that. Uh, there's that guy, Jordan. He's in Detroit or something. He does like daily cold plunges and has like some motivational quote afterwards. Uh, he's on Instagram or whatever. Mm hmm. But yeah, I, I actually watch him because it's, I guess it's the consistency that I always like to watch is someone that's willing to be consistent every single day. Yeah. It's like he was doing it and the cold plunge is always like one degree. Oh my god! And he gosh. does it, he does it for like three to eight minutes or whatever. Holy cow. And it's, it's, he does it in a cold plunge or outside outside. Yeah. So it's like, he has to actually like break open the ice and whatnot. And then he gets in and he oh. just, he just, he doesn't show the entire clip because that'd be boring, but he like. Yeah, you'll see the timer and it's on it's like yeah and he has little, little motivational quotes so he'll just have like an entire spiel or whatever while he's in the cold plunge wow. yeah so yeah i mean that's something you kind of have to do when you're in the cold plunge just talk yeah at least for me mm -hmm. because it's like have you ever done a cold plunge no i always just do gold cold showers every day okay i mean yeah. even those those are brutal do you how do yeah. you how do you manage to get through them do you focus on breathing i just yeah you have to focus on breathing you just just jump in you got to just keep on getting cold, the cold parts in every part of the body and just, you know, you just move around or yeah. do you time? <clears throat> no, I do you time. No, I don't time. I move around until it feels warm mm. until, until I, until you like it until, <laughs> until I'm comfortable, which is weird. I know 
like cold water. It's like, is it, how are you ever comfortable? I think you're kind of comfortable. I mean, you can get used to anything. Yeah. I mean, heck, we go for runs. You get used to that after the first mile. Right. You're like, okay, and then we can just keep going. Yeah, that was something I was struggling with the first mile. I was like, man, we're talking, and this is this is hard. Mm -hmm. um, but then as time went on, I didn't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is fun now. This is cool. <laughs> I know. I never. I used to never be able to talk while running. Mm. This was actually probably the first time that I just felt comfortable talking the entire time while running. Mm. No, because yeah, last year I was traveling for work. The year before that, I was in school for the last, for four years. It, I just consistency was just not there until this year. Wow. And so, uh, how often are you running? Oh, I run four times a week. Two, uh, usually two miles for the first during the week because just not enough time. Not enough time to do like an eight mile run during the week. But then on the weekend. I'll devote an entire day to doing like an eight to 10 mile run mm. or whatever. Yeah. But it's only at like 10, 11, 12 minute pace. Okay. It's not like a high pace, but I've learned, or at least I've heard that the speed comes in once you get the miles high enough. Okay. I don't know. I've just heard that. I don't I forget who I heard that from. I think you have to do speed training too. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's where also uh leg workouts come in. Yeah. Getting that, uh, what is it that force that uh it's like an, yeah it's like an endurance base like that explosive pushes right yeah 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 lots of squat training lots of leg presses leg extensions and whatnot but yeah Dead also lifts. no i can usually if i wanted to sprint i think i time myself at six minute miles if i really wanted to take, if i really wanted to take off that's a brutal run six mile six minute miles oh i, I only did it for a mile just just to, <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to see what my top consistent mile speed could be okay i used to on breaks we'd get 20 minute breaks when i was training for my ultra marathon and i would go up to our gym and um by the time i got to the gym i would only have like 15 minutes to run so i would i would just get on the treadmill and put it on a high incline full speed well not full speed but like seven to eight miles per hour and i would just sprint that's brutal and for a mile for a full mile and it would take me like six minutes yeah yeah it was brutal but i would come back to work all sweaty like, what have you been doing <laughs> oh i was just being chased by a serial killer don't worry about that let's get back to work hey that's sometimes the best way to get through a, a run oh, yeah make sure make sure you, you accomplish it oh you might i remember when i was when we were i kept posting on your uh channel for like a solid month or two i just i uh, but I was posting zombies run or whatever. Oh yeah. Where you can actually right. hear zombies in the background, like really chasing after you. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like a serial serial killer kind of coming after you. And you're like, right. It gives you that little sense of adrenaline. That was a, that was a fun thing you were doing. Uh, Cause you were, it was like zombie every, like it was like a, each run was titled something different yeah. and then you were being chased. Yeah. So would it give you like, were, was it like different goals? Like how would that work? Well, so it's a story, it's a story mode kind of running okay. application. It used to be like seven bucks a month. Now it's like 80. It's oh, well, but I, I, yeah, I still find it very useful. I mean, I, you have the story mode. So what's one example? You have to go save some children from a burning building or something. And then you have a person on your headset saying, okay, turn right, turn left. You're not, I hope to God, nobody actually turns when they, when they're told to, but <laughs> <laughs> into the street. <laughs> um, but no, you kind of go through the story. You hear, you hear things going on. You, you don't actually talk to anybody, but people are telling you stuff and whatnot and hear conversations and you kind of feel like you're involved. 
Uh, but it just kind of distracts you from the run, which I know for some people that elite runners are like, that's bullshit. You can't be distracted. The run mm. is they're like pure purist or whatever with running. Right. Can't have yeah. headphones in, can't have this in, which is great. I think at some point you need to have that kind of mental fortitude when you're on those 26, 50 mile runs. Yeah. To be able to do it without anything. I your think, headphones will die. Yeah, absolutely. What, see, when I run long, long runs like that, when I did my marathon, mm -hmm. uh, I, I had my headphones, but I didn't use them. Mm. I was playing music, but I couldn't focus. I couldn't focus on the music. It wasn't something that was going to help me get through it. And I realized that like pretty quickly. So I just turned it off. And then I just focused on my breathing and my pace and everything else. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah. At the, at, I think after five miles, you kind of just, you stop listening to the music. You just kind of focused on just the, the next, the, the next half mile, the next quarter mile, the next turn or whatever. You're just focused on that. Right. Yeah. It takes a different kind of mindset, but yeah. I mean, I guess it also, also depends on like what you want to accomplish. Like if you're just running just to run or just for the joy of running or just for just getting some exercise, there's nothing wrong with listening to music no. or a podcast or whatever. No, I mean, I eventually will do half mile my, or Half marathon, full marathon, <laughs> half mile. Well, should we, did we do that today? <laughs> well, half marathon? No, half mile. I was like, did we do half that? <laughs> no, but event, I think I will eventually do that. It just, my knee just keeps going out and I have to keep not stopping, but slowing down and whatnot. And I'm, I'm trying to build it up. Yeah. Even today at six miles, my knee was kind of tweaking on one side and it was just mm. making me mad. Was it a, a meniscus thing? that you I, injured it, you it is yourself? it is a torn meniscus oof and I'm, I'm just slowly trying to yeah run but not break it again right not tear right. it again what was that like when you when you did that because you were running pretty consistently and then it just stopped i think i was i started i joined like a trail running group and they run a little faster than me okay and we were running like up a mountain and i think that's what did it i was just not used to that i did a long run that day and it just tweaked i I got in and I just had to walk back. Wow. I got halfway through and I was just like, Oh my God, this hurts. Wow. Cause I got, cause I could then I just pushed it for a mile. Then my knee would hurt and I would have to slow back down and I pushed it for a mile and I had to walk and I, yeah, it, it was just a bad day. <laughs> and then after that, you just had to rehab it, right? Yeah. I rehabbed it, did lots of strength training, lots of squats, lots of leg extension. I think the biggest thing though, that I did was, doing lots of stairs. So at work, I work on the ninth floor instead of taking the elevator, I take the stairs up mm. stuff like that. Just things that really activate the knee, help the stabilizing muscles. Yeah. Uh, another one was like one legged squats, not Bulgarian squats. I like mean, a pistol without, squat. Yeah. Pistol squats. Cause that really helps the stabilizing of the knee while you're right. Dropping down with one knee. Have you ever uh, followed the knees over toes guy? I don't think I followed him. You should follow him. He has a he has a workout program uh, specifically for the knees because he was a, a basketball player that got injured, mm. and um, he developed this program for people that had knee injuries. Yeah. And yeah, now he's like this, this incredible athlete. <laughs> but so so, what kind of things does he usually describe? Um, like one of the things is uh, what do they call it? It's um, uh, some sort of like Russian. I can't remember the name of it, but no. So like what you do is you have your knees uh, like your, I wish I could just do it and people could see. You could um, do I, don't, I don't see why you couldn't. All right. So I'm going to do it. Stand on your chair. I, 
No, I'm kidding. I don't think I'm I could kidding. do it on my chair. <laughs> I'm just lay on let's, the table. let's see him fall. So, so when you're when you're doing it, I know the audience is able to see. Let me move the camera. Oh, here, you want me to hold it? No, it's it's mounted. Oh, okay. So when you're down, you're kind of down like this. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I'll I'll, I'll narrow it. So he's on his on his knees, and then you come down and you spring up. So dropping back to about a 30 degree angle Yo, between your knees. That's and like one of the things. Another thing is like walking backwards. Oh yeah. I um, like that on the treadmill. People think you look so weird. They're like, what are you doing? I'm just trying to help your lower back. Yeah. So walking backwards is another one. And then, um, sled pulls and pushes and those are really good things like that. Um, especially, uh, walk, uh, reverse sled pulls. Yeah. 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 Um, one of the things that I, I have, and I think that guy promoted it, it's called, uh, it's called monkey feet and it's this thing that you clip a dumbbell on and it snaps to your foot Yeah, and you, and yeah, you can do like leg extensions. You can do leg curls. You can, yeah. you can work your tip, uh, tib. I think it was on, I saw it on Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yep. Once. Yep. He something. was promoting it and I bought it. I actually bought two of them and I'm like, I don't need two of them. Um, so I have one or I, I have saw, two. I saw but, it and I was like kind of i could kind of jerry rig this with bands or something i'm like ah you could but that thing is awesome but it's for it's for that exercise it's, and i'm like yeah, it'd be useful yeah it's it, i i highly recommend it because what it does is it isolates that one leg and yeah. so um wait it's funny because you could you know like when i do leg extensions mm -hmm. when i'm using both legs i can i can do so much weight like i'll throw 445 pounds oh, yeah. on on the leg extension thing and i could do that no problem but then when you do just a single leg, like one 10 Especially pound dumbbell. Especially when it's not stabilized in an actual. Yeah. And you have to motion, focus it's... on that. You have to focus on that because yeah. otherwise you could injure yourself too. Oh yeah. So you don't want to go too heavy. You only could do like what? 30 pounds maybe? No, that's hard. 30 hard. pounds is hard. Maybe we'll try this after that. We'll try it. We'll okay, definitely I'm try I'm kind of curious. I should go get one right now. Okay. Want me to go get it? Sure. All right, guys. Hold on. Sorry. This is an active podcast. I love it. All right. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty pounds. I'm gonna grab a thirty. Okay, we could grab a thirty. Yeah, cold showers definitely work. I love a good cold shower. All right, so. Okay, so, so you're curious if I could do it with 30. I know you're not going to be able to do it with 30. Um, Let's try. So the audience can see. Okay. All right. So, all right. So Let's see if I can. So you clipped it on your foot. Audience is probably like, this is so boring. Um, They're like, well, no, actually, I find this kind of stuff more interesting when the, when the people are actually doing something and. Shoot, I haven't done this before, so it's kind of neat watching somebody else do something that they've never done before. And I should probably, did we ever do an introduction? Okay, so uh, for the podcast? <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. Um, somebody said you're good. I, I, I forgot to mention, so before you clip that on your foot, you actually have to, to mention something. You have to clip in the weight. It's going to break my leg? No. No, no, you're good. You just take it off and you clip in the, the dumbbell and then oh, and then you fully snap it. I see. 
I see what you're going after here. So take off the weight, throw it at David. Someone's on the treadmill. Hell yeah, get after it. That's sweet. They better be on the treadmill. Cardio is everything. <laughs> can't do anything without cardio. All right. So, okay, so, so what you do is it folds open. Uh, I love how this is a, like a free advertisement for monkey feet. Um, we'll kill them up and say, hey, you owe us some money. Yeah. So you clip that in. All right, we're going to do the extremely hard. So he's doing pounds. a 30 pound dumbbell right now. Because I'm insane and I love to hurt myself. <laughs> because that's just, yeah. Apparently, I have a hole in my mouth. You have a hole in your mouth? Yeah, I took a sip of my drink and it went everywhere. It went everywhere. All so, over how me. tight is it supposed to be? You don't want it to be incredibly tight, um, but tight enough to where it's not loose on your foot, like flopping okay. around. So, oh, try it. That's still not tight. Okay. Oh, I see. You can do that. Yep. So it reminds me of like an old skate, like a rollerblade. Yeah. So it clips in like a rollerblade, which is yeah. nice because it's easy to take on and off. Okay. What am I supposed to do? So try to do a leg extension. All right. Let me lock the chair in so I can so like that. Yep. Feel how hard that is? Perfect. 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 30 okay. 30 pounds. 30 pounds it is. Yeah. I'm just yeah. a weak bitch. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know it's kind of screwed up form. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's I, hard I, because I you're in a chair. I would probably but... end up doing 25, just because I like to do eight to 12 reps. Okay. And then maybe once I get up to 14, then I jump up five pounds. Okay. So maybe a 27 pound weight would probably be perfect. Yeah, so I highly recommend those things, um, just because you can Very isolate nice. each leg individually, and you realize how weak your one leg is compared to oh, the yeah. to to the other one like i'm sure my left leg is probably a little weak because i'm right hand dominant right there's always that <sighs> get zoomed in on my ugly mug <laughs> my mug shot all right i'm curious to know who's on the treadmill um probably david goggins oh that would be sweet but yeah so um yeah i highly recommend those because it helps strengthen each leg individually and then you can do so many different workouts with it. You can do the leg extension. You can do leg curls. Um, you could do like the um, side kicks. I'd be kind of afraid about leg curls laying down in your back and hooking that on. Isaiah, get after it, Isaiah. Isaiah's a guy I work with. Ah, hell yeah. That's nice. Hopefully it's a 10 mile run. I don't know. Let us know what, how, how far you're running. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 10 miles is brutal. There's always like a, a certain point in a run where um, it's just hard no matter what. And 10 miles, like I, I can run, I can run a marathon. No problem. Oh, no problem. No, I mean, no, no problem. It's it's difficult. But what I'm saying is that there's a certain level of miles when you get, when you hit that, that threshold, it's, it's, it becomes harder. Oh, definitely. and for me, it's usually around mile 10, 11. And I think a lot of it has to do with nutrition and getting the, oh, your yeah. body exactly what it needs in that moment to Definitely. be able to push your way through the rest. I mean, heck, you you were talking about when we were going for a run, you put on brand new shoes during your mar before your marathon. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, I couldn't imagine the foot pain uh, running three miles, walking one mile. Hell yeah. Get after it. Isaiah. That's awesome. Three mile runs are my favorite runs. Those are just so nice. They're just peaceful. They're yeah, they're peaceful. And then you know that you're not you're not going to kill yourself doing it and you know it doesn't take a bunch of time it takes a half hour or maybe a little more right yeah but no, they are nice runs 
Um, I think the first mile though was always the hardest. Not to 10 yet. We'll get you there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. I believe in your eyes. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, the, the shoe thing was a dumb thing on my, on my behalf because I, that was my first actual marathon. I'd ran the ultra marathon and I did the same thing during that time. I bought a brand new sh pair of shoes for that race and never ran in them. 50 miles, 50 miles. I didn't end up doing the full 50. I did 37 some miles. It's still amazing. Yeah, it was, it was something. Um, it was, it was brutal. And th that was something too, that was very interesting. And I learned a lot because for my training, I, um, I trained on like flat surfaces. I trained around here. Well, when I ran that race, it was, it was through trails. It was like a, like a biking trail mm -hmm. and it was on the West side of the state. So it's all hilly and it was like mountainous terrain. Your knees it, were just getting wrecked. And my knees were swollen. Yeah. My knees were fatter than like my, my calves. Yeah. And then, um, I lost all my toenails yeah. for that race. And yeah, everything was just, I think losing toenails is just a guarantee for that. Yeah, stuff. just yeah. guarantee. Guarantee. Have you ever lost a toenail running? No, I've run, lost oh, maybe once, once, but it was because I was where I just bought some new shoes. I was doing like a five miler and I was running with somebody and I didn't want to be a little bitch. So <laughs> you know how that is. You're going to lose some toenails. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny because when I finished that marathon uh, in August, I, f I crossed the finish line and I knew that something was wrong with my toenails because. Yeah. Uh, towards the end, I felt one of my toenails shift and it hurt. It was excruciating pain. And I was just like, whatever, just push through. And yeah. when I crossed the finish line, my son's like, dad, or maybe my daughter, she was like, dad, your feet are all bloody. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You don't even realize it until you're done and you look down and you take off your shoes and you're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even want to look at it. It's going to hurt later. <laughs> yep. Yep. It did. I couldn't walk for like the next day or two. I mean, yep. I could walk, but it was, it was painful. Definitely. Yeah. Um, did you want something to drink? Oh, yeah, we can we could do a 10 o'clock shot. Yeah, why not? 30 shot. Got some whiskey. We some... did a hard part of the day. All right. What, you, what is this? Screwball? What? Oh, I just saw screwball over there. Oh yeah. So that's uh that's a peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. Do you want that? No, you could do that one. Okay, so this is get out the uh the gun. Yes, the AR-15 filled with American honey whiskey, wild turkey. It's sweet. It's really good stuff. I love it. All right. I just, I just saw that. I assume someone gave that to you. My wife bought it for me for my birthday. Nice. Yeah. Getting into the whiskeys nowadays. What's that? Getting into doing more whiskey nowadays. Yes. I oh. know. It's such a nice little drink just to have in the middle of the day or at night. At night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't drink that often. Like the only no. time I drink is really on the podcast and I don't, I did it like one other time within the last six months. Hmm. So yeah. yeah, I only do maybe I'll make myself a whiskey sour on the weekend. Okay. That's about it. What kind of whiskey do you typically drink? <sighs> I was just given a bottle the other, like a year ago and I still haven't gone through it, gone through it. I don't drink very, very much. I, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not much of a drinker. Well, here, cheers. Cheers. Cheers for the new year. Ooh, that is nice. It's so good. That it goes down so well. So Isaiah's on the treadmill, and we're like, over here drinking. It's like apple juice. Yeah. 
It's like apple juice, basically. It's honey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. The last time I uh, drank a lot, I got really drunk, and I think it was for my birthday. Yeah. And uh, we went to Grand Rapids. We went to a piano bar. And uh, it was – have you ever been to a piano bar? I think once. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. And you can very easily get drunk very quickly. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, the only thing – the last thing I did was surprisingly wine <laughs> tastings can actually get you pretty drunk. Yeah. We went yeah. to a uh, down in – so I live in – I will live in uh, San Antonio for everybody that doesn't know. And, yeah, we went down to up to Fredericksburg in San, above San Antonio, and they have, like, 30 uh, different grape wine farms and whatnot. We went to, like, five of them. And after the second one, we were just sloshed. Mm. The second one, actually, one guy just kept it, – it's wine tasting. So, you know, you're supposed to only have, like, maybe a little bit of wine in there. Yeah. He kept pouring us full glasses for wine tastings. So we paid like 25 bucks and we were getting like 10 glasses of wine. Wow. And so we were just done. Did you get like a headache from that? No. And I have never got hung over. Really? No, never. Let's test that. Go for it. <laughs> I, I do got to I do got to drive. So you're going to have to send it back with me and I'll, I'll send you a picture of me drinking it. <laughs> I'll uh, order you an Uber. <laughs> oh, there we go. That'd be an expensive Uber. I need to go to Lake Odessa after this. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, that'd be a long, that'd be a long drive. That would be a long drive. For Could me. you imagine sitting in the back of an Uber for, for that long? <laughs> oh my God. I, I've have, I have done it before. Yeah. You no, know, I, cause last year I used to travel all the time. Mm. So I'd have to take Ubers all the time and I'd be in the Uber for like an hour sometimes. What is your most awkward Uber ride? Oh, I've actually never, it's funny. Every Uber ride, I can actually start up a conversation and, and the person will just talk for like the whole time. Mm. Usually. That would be, um, I think that would be a cool podcast. Somebody who's an Uber driver, yeah. just having random people come be, in. What is that game show that used to be in a taxi? Yeah. It'd be uh, deal or no deal. Yeah. It'd be kind of like that, except you're just talking about your own your own yeah. stuff all the time. Yeah. You would have to meet so many interesting people. Oh, it was so, it was so interesting. And yeah, I actually used to, uh, for a minute, I actually drove for Uber for fun, just, just to get a little extra money. And I also had a little bit of fun. I got to learn. I did it in uh, Washington, D.C. Mm. And I learned, met so many interesting people. And you ever meet any politicians? No. 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 No, I never actually met any politicians. It was always or usually businessmen or engineers or something. Wow. I, I did Uber once. Yeah. Yeah. I met, yeah. I've met a lot of cool people. Um, one of the people that I met was like a top engineer for General Motors. They were developing... Uh, with the old one of the old models and our vehicles that we build the traverses um they had these light strips that would go across the dash and i'm yeah. sure they still do in some of the vehicles um and they would go on to the doors and stuff they developed that that's yeah. neat the guy was like yeah i'm the one who created that yeah the program i mean the actual hardware isn't that bad but the program behind it to get it to operate in certain conditions and to always do what you want it to do that is the that is the bread and butter for them yeah the the yeah. programming for Uber, or no, for no, 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 for the lights. For, for the lights. No, you, when, I'm an engineer, so I, I always when I hear these things, when I hear other en engineers, I'm like, because I've worked with hardware, I've worked with software, and the software is always the hardest thing. Always, hardware is like the fun, easy thing. You would think that software would be getting easier though with AI technology and the way things are going. You would think so, but because doesn't wouldn't it just kind of learn? No. Um, a lot of times it gets dumber as it learns. Mm. I don't know why. Um, GPT-4, for example. I mean, 
I've seen I've seen all the code that it outputs, and hundred percent of the time you have to tweak it. Do you and, use it at all? Nah, no. I, I would if I was in research. If okay. I was in research more, um, to both the biggest thing is analysis. So you could tell it, hey, I want it to grab an analysis because it can actually access the internet now. Mm -hmm. You know how it can go on the internet it can it can compile lists of everything. Yep. So as a researcher, you could see how that would be. You could have quickly write um, articles on get me. Uh, yeah, give me a give me all this information on this topic or whatnot, and then you can quickly read through it and even publish it if you wanted to. Mm. Um, but as a day to day engineer and whatnot, maybe might be useful for gathering information, but you don't need to gather that much. Yeah, because uh, it's like it's a topic. It's like it's like building lights or something. Right. You don't. And then for programming, I mean, sure, if you don't know what you're doing. I guess I can give you a rough draft, but you got to be a really good engineer to then actually make it work, mm. to actually be a professional code. Because you can usually tell if it's a professional code or a amateur code. By, how did you tell? Well, you could tell either by how well it blends in with the rest of the code base, um, how um, formatted it is. So if it has comments in it, if it is simple. So the, the funniest thing that, that when I, the company I am in right now uh, we, I look at a code and it is so simple, but it's so difficult to actually read, to not read it, but to, uh, what do I say? Not understand it. Yeah. I guess understand it. It's so complex because it's so short, mm. like one line for the, in this company would have been like, I don't know, 20 lines for when I'm writing it myself. How do you, when, when I started, how do you know what a code is and what it means? You don't. So the bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. No. All right. No, it doesn't. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> no, no. The, the biggest thing when you what, to know how to code means is, yeah, if someone freaking comments on it, like tell usually puts some type of so a comment for anybody who doesn't know is a line in code that isn't read by the code. It's only for humans. I don't know mm. if that makes sense. OK, so it's it's you know, it's like a a, a line of text. OK, a line of text. Right. So it has some characters before it that tells the code. Don't read this. But then it would have some text for someone for the actual reviewer to look at to actually read to see to see what it does. Okay. Now, really good code code bases and whatnot has that line of text before a code that kind of tells the person that's reading it, okay, this is what it does. This this code controls this function. Mm. So how do you create a code? So how do you create a code? Well, yeah. For, yeah, I mean, you gotta have an idea for what you want it to do. Usually you gotta I'll kind of rough draft what I want it to do. And then I'll, and I'll, then you got to do lots of research. So you have to see how it fits into the code. So the biggest thing with code is, you know, data, you have to figure out how the user inputs gets into the system. The system does something with the user inputs that you want it to do. Um, implement a time, I don't know, for an example, mm -hmm. make it 10 o'clock or something. So you, the user says, Hey, I want this to be 10 o'clock. The code has to do something to the computer. I'm just going to say a black box. I don't know how everybody does it a little bit differently. And also every language, you got Python, C++, and whatnot. Every language does it differently a little bit. But the general idea is you the user tells it what to do. The, co has to, the computer has to store the information, pull it back out, do something with it, and then um, display it to the user. Python and C++, those are uh, like AI technologies, right? Uh, or they have AI technologies? 
AI technologies are built with them. Okay. So AI, so the reason I say that is because Python, C++, JavaScript, they're all technologies that were built before AI. But AI itself is just an idea, is a construct or whatever, is a, mm-hmm. is a candle. Right. Like, sure, uh, there's wax in here. You can, you can use wax for a ton of different things, for building statues and whatnot. But in this case, it's a candle. Right. Um, so that's what AI is. It's just co- it's just code using this code base um, to to build this thing. And so you and, said, and, and AI is just is very simple for the most part, unless you get into neural networks, like Neuralink or something like that. Neuralink is a technology. So AI is like GPT four um, is a, is an advanced AI, something that will take in information. So I guess what makes a really good Good AI is it being able to learn. So, so uh, machine learning. That's where AI really gets fun and dangerous. Have you personally seen that in any of the work you've done? Oh yeah, I've built, I've built, yeah, I've used machine learning using Python um, technologies like Torch. Uh, what is the other thing called? I've, I have a couple of different. It's been a while. But it, it's it's a fun it's a fun thing to use. I think anybody can really use it. I picked it up within a summer. Um, it's not really complicated because a lot of things are already out there. I mean, you can go on to GitHub. You can go on to, you could Google how to build my own AI for this. And a lot of times there are something already built that you just have to, I don't know, like image processing. If you want it to learn what a proper squat technique looks like, you could feed it lots of proper squat techniques, a lot of improper squat techniques, and it will learn. Wow. It, it's, it's not much harder than that it's pretty much just picking the biggest thing with ai is feeding it the correct data the correct yes and no responses Mm. if that's if that's explains it well enough yeah interesting so it's not really about the c plus plus or whatever how to program it it's about the data sets that you're feeding it so it can kind of learn on its Mm. own what you want it to to how how you want it to behave so is there people controlling the way that it does behave? Yes. So a lot of places will do corrective actions, I guess. is the best way to say it. Um, they'll review the data sets every once in a while and make sure they're not getting worse. So this is where I say machine learning can get worse. So what is it, that Google algorithm back in the 2010s um, became a Nazi supporter or something because there was just so many people feeding in. <laughs> And Google wasn't monitoring the uh, the inputs or whatever, how it was being built. So it was just free learning. It was just, and people just were like just feeding it junk data and it was learning <laughs> off of that. And so it just became a, became a terrible, <laughs> a terrible system to interact with. Wow. That's crazy. So it, it takes a lot of personnel, a lot of time to really invest into making these systems work. Like, uh, I mean, heck, I think I, I want to say GPT, from OpenAI, they don't even let their system learn off the learn off the responses. They they collect the responses and then they slowly feed it. Like they have to review them before they feed it back in. Mm. Is that which is usually better? But it takes a lot of time. I was gonna say, isn't that wouldn't that be better? It's better, but you can you imagine how many how many people that would take to actually make that work? Right. Well, that kind of reminds me of uh, my friend Travis. I I was with him last week, and he let me drive his Tesla. And he was showing me the um, how it it does the automated driving, the self driving. And he's like, "Hey, check this." <laughs> he was like, "Hey, check this out." 
he puts in an address and we start going and then it learned that it can take right turns on red in like states that you could do that like michigan and when it did that it started to pull out in front of another vehicle oh and like we could have gotten to an accident but it stopped obviously yeah um but the thing is is it records all of that and then it sends all that data back to tesla and then they it essentially learns like it learns driving theory yeah and they review it and then they they make it better themselves and then they, then it just learns from that and becomes better and better and better mm -hmm. he said i think he said it was like 75 percent or something like that oh yeah i mean that is that is awesome but it's also probably one of my greatest concerns with ai is we're letting all this testing being done in real time on our roads you know what i mean yeah i yeah. mean i love ai i I would I would ride in a self-driving car just because I just love the idea. But at the same time, I mean, we're we're letting the experiments being done in real time on the roads with humans. I mean, it's a it's definitely a, a good and bad thing. I mean, but I mean, you could say that. But then you think about the people that are driving around in vehicles that don't have any sort of um, smart capability. As far as like maybe like for instance, I have the Toyota, and uh, that thing has all the capabilities of staying in its own lane. It has mm -hmm. sensors. It tells you when it, you're you're about to ram into another vehicle. It'll stop you. Yep. And so it's not like self driving, but it does like have those capabilities. Very close. Very close. And so having that makes the driving experience better. But there's people driving around in vehicles that don't have any of that, and they're no. playing on their phones. They're distracted. So oh, definitely. The, I would I would almost argue that that's almost da more dangerous than having a vehicle that is oh. learning. No, I this is where I, I get into. Yeah, there's both sides. But yeah, I do agree that the AI is going to be at the end of the day safer than an actual. Right. Uh, like, heck, especially a new driver that gets distracted on their phone or and whatnot. Like I have an, an or even oh, an older driver. Right. I mean, I have an 08 Grand Prix and that thing is a dumb vehicle compared to the other vehicle. Like, yeah. and it, what was funny is I, I was telling my friend Travis, I texted him the next day after he let me drive the Tesla. I was like, dude, this thing is sweet. Um, but it was funny because I drove the Tesla and then the next day I went in to work to work some overtime to drive vehicles and we we're driving ve brand new vehicles that we build. Yeah. And I'm like, these things are dumb. <laughs> these are some dumb vehicles. Yeah. Like, like, what are we doing? <laughs> No, but. I agree. No, I think the biggest thing, though, for me is it's fine in Michigan. It's fine in the Midwest. I worry about mountainous areas. Mm. Yeah. Uh, hilly areas. I mean, they're testing in San Francisco, which I think is great because that's the that's probably the worst case scenario. San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Those, those huge hills. I mean, I read or I listened to uh, one podcast. I think that was doing uh, Google's has like 100 taxis, driverless taxis driving around San Francisco. Oh, yeah. It's impressive. They they had wow. reporters get in and out and just apparently they just drive like old old people they just drive super slow and <laughs> I'm like I'm, I guess I would rather it like that um, you kind of know what to expect and your people around them know what to expect of them they're not gonna quickly swerve or whatnot they're just kind of going about their business slowly carefully right which is usually the best best case scenario I think for and the they AIs. stop when there's any risk whatsoever they just stop yeah the car will just stop which yeah I guess in high speed areas I'd worry about but Right. I guess on city streets, I'd be kind of fine with because usually what, 30 miles an hour. Right. So that's usually well, fine. And that was what was interesting about the Teslas. We started pulling out in front of um, that vehicle. And like for a human to be in that position, you, like you have two choices. You could stop 
or you could just floor it and go. Yeah. And most people will just floor it and go. Yeah. So you have that ability to make that choice, but that that self-driving capability made that choice for you and it just stopped in the middle of an intersection. Which then the car it, that's that's expecting you to floor it then just sees you stop and they're like, oh shoot. Right. So now they that. have to make a decision like, am I gonna stop or am I just gonna swerve around them? Yeah. Cause maybe this car might decide to keep going now. Like right. stop and now just kind of slowly creep or something. Yeah. No, I yeah. I think it's going to be a lot like, I don't know, people driving electric cars and whatnot. It's just going to be a learning learning curve right here. Yeah. People are just kind of learning how to deal with them. Absolutely. I mean, they're not going to go away. I, I do not foresee. They shouldn't go away. No, they shouldn't. I don't, yeah. I don't foresee. I mean, I would love to get in my car and go on a road trip and just kind of play board games with somebody. <laughs> Have you seen those uh, self-driving vehicles? They're like... Um shuttles or like taxis where you can yeah. like just sit in them and they have like like a table set up and you're sitting in the it's back cool. and you can just like play games and drink and so you're kind of like on a train or something yeah at that point yeah yeah no it's i like crazy this. i mean it always reminds me of like movies like irobot or something mm -hmm. where you see convoys of just self-driving cars oh my gosh it would just make our roads so much more efficient i don't think we would have congestion anymore no everybody would just decide yeah. to go on the same speed Right. Unless you had the one person that was self was driving themselves and then be like, stop driving. Just, <laughs> just let traffic take you. That's that one person that in civilization that holds on. It's like they're yeah. the, they're the person who doesn't have a smartphone or a cell phone. <laughs> oh, it, it's, I, I imagine it's going to get to the year 2200 and there's going to be like that last person driving <laughs> themselves and, and everybody's like, stop doing that. You're, you're so unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you it's, still doing it? It's, it's, it's going to be the complete flip side. Like, it doesn't even make sense for you to do that. Why would you do that? It's like somebody who has yeah. a, line, a landline as opposed to not having a cell phone. Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you do that? But yeah. the old no, people no. do it. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've had a landline in 10 years, 15 years, wow. something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's no need for them. Everybody oh, yeah. has cell phones now. Well, yeah, I always find it funny when I look at those forms that says home, work, mobile. I'm like, <laughs> it's all the same number. Mobile, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, why do you have this in your in there anymore? Come on. That's no. funny. Yeah, it's crazy to think about how much. I mean, we were talking about this on our run, how much technology has changed over the years. Because like when I was in high school, um, one of the the awesome things to have was like an iPod. Oh, yeah. and uh, it was like an iPod touch was like the best. Oh, you're rocking out with that. Yeah. You, I, need, to have, you need to have your white. Yeah. The white headphones that yeah. came with it. Yeah. Oh, man. You were just like the coolest kid in school. You were like, oh, bro, you have an iPod. I know. Yeah. No, and it was cool. You like stole all the music from LimeWire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Pirated it all. You have it all on there. People are like, oh, my God, you have about 2000 songs on there. <laughs> You must be so rich because I think back then you had to pay for each song. Yeah, you did. If, if you were going through Apple or something, you had to pay for each song because I remember doing that. But you could convert it, which was sweet. Yeah. So like you would download it from LimeWire and then you yep. would upload it as a MP3 file to iTunes. Yep. And then you then I would go through the extra work to find the actual cover art for each song and I would yep. upload it to that song. So then when you had it, your iPod Nano or whatever, it would show. Yep. So it looked like a legit oh, yeah, I song. Have, I did have an iPod Nano, those little squares. Yeah. I did have one of those. I think I said I didn't, but no, Wait, I remember. Talking about the little one? The little one. That's a shuffle. Oh, it's a shuffle. Yeah. Did it have oh, a screen? No. no, it didn't have a screen. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's the shuffle. Oh, okay. I don't know. I thought Nano was like the small one. Yeah, so if you had the you shuffle, know. you were poor. And if you had the Nano. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, I was poor. <laughs> but no, I love using that little thing. I, I would go on runs when I was younger. And yeah, that was just so awesome. 
if you think about it, that's probably one of the best ways to run like if you want to run with audio like if you could have a device like that i mean i guess you kind of have that with your watches now yep but like if you could have a little device like that to where you don't have to worry about bringing your phone and you could just have a bluetooth head headset that would be so ideal yeah i'm trying to yeah i guess your watch for the most part does that and but i mean most of the time i put my my phone on my arm and that, that's about it yeah i just throw mine in my pocket yeah i'm always afraid it's gonna fall out yeah you're on you're on your run you're like and then you lose the audio oh wait where's it at it's way back there oh shoot <laughs> but no yeah no technology has definitely changed over the years but i think it's gotten i just don't i just don't know how it's going to get so much better though that's my only thought is you know how you keep thinking technology is going to keep going better and better and better yeah i just i don't know how it's going to get much better i mean i don't really want to work with a, a hologram on a computer as a computer you right know I mean? well i don't think it's going that way what i'm thinking so i was listening to a podcast the other day with rogan and he was talking about he had these people on who work for open ai yeah. and they were talking about how um what's interesting about the, our technology versus like the way the the rest of the world is going or at least our our mm -hmm. country is that we're we're like we have the technology of gods but we have the infrastructure of like like old times like, for, yeah. like essentially whatever. yeah and so like i think the way it's going to start going is that technology is going to start seeping into those those different industries and those and then we'll eventually be living in this advanced civilization i mean heck you go into some sort any... i mean you see like Neuralink, for instance oh, like man. they're curing things now That'd with technology a... i could just imagine instead of going to a computer interface i guess i can imagine you just kind of think about what you want to build how you want to interact with the computer and it just kind of it pulls that information up and then feeds it back to you just straight human computer interaction like without without an actual screen right without having to have a device to look it up yeah so the information just kind of comes to you is that a good thing that's what oh, I no no i can imagine <laughs> i can imagine a hacker what what would be the funniest thing um what's one of those weird those funny songs that you see in memes that like mm -hmm. I can imagine a hacker just like forcing everybody to listen to the most catchiest song. Oh, right. Can imagine or something, just right. some screwy thing. It'd be kind of like uh, one of those TikTok challenges yeah. where everybody's like, oh, we need to do that. Like the type. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I don't know. Like, I guess like my biggest concern about something like that is like in, even with like the self-driving vehicles is what is the protection, the level of protection you have when you agree to use one of those things? Because like when you have a cell phone, anybody can hack into it. And um, I mean, technology's—it's so easy for people to hack into any account that you have. But I think anybody that agrees to use technology come kind of accepts the inherent risk that someone's going to be able. I mean, of course, there's going to be protections. There's going to be the IT fields. There's going to be hundreds of people working security. There's going to be people that's going to be there to help but, stop it. But well, you what about kind of the bad? But what about the bad actors that get through? Well, that's where that, that's where you're when as you're purchasing the device you're like am i going to i don't know put bad in put put my social security number on that computer or something am i going to put that information in there that gives me that risk mm. you kind of buy you kind of buy the devices knowing that risk is inherent but what if there's a device inside of you a device inside oh you're talking about yeah, if i if Neuralink was in your brain feeding you stuff well that's why i wouldn't do that. i wouldn't do that but <laughs> I could see the benefits of how I guess neat it would be to be directly connected to the internet. You'd have the 
information directly fed into your brain. I mean, I have dyslexia. Do you really? Yes. I didn't know that. It is extreme. I have, it takes me, I don't know. It took me, for example, 40 hours a week just to study a subject or something. Wow. Yeah. We talked about this last time. Yeah. No. So having a device directly putting info into my brain, that would have been fantastic. I wouldn't have had to spend all that time, extra time than most people. So how did you, I'm curious about that because my daughter has dyslexia. Mm. Um, how do you, how did you, did you just have to focus more like, oh, what, yeah. or did you have like different, um, like therapies that you went through? Nothing. I okay. actually didn't even know I had it until after I was done with college. Wow. I just knew I had to work harder. Wow. No, I was You're like one of the smartest people I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not about being smart. It's about how hard you work. I'm not that smart. You're smart. You're intelligent. I guess I'm not smart. David says I'm smart. So apparently I'm smart. You're smart. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's just about, so my biggest thing was I took notes and I rewrote all my notes to where it worked for you. It's about it's repetition. Yeah. Repetition. But it's also about like for flashcards, it wasn't about reviewing the flashcards. It was the, it was the act of writing it out. So it was the act of writing it out that put it into my brain. Me actually seeing it? No, because my dyslexia would like to flip things around. It would take me forever to process the information. It processed better when I was thinking about it while I was writing. Wow. Wow. So I, I would you sh- I mean, my note my notes, I would have an entire binder when I was done with my classes. And I kept some of those binders um, because I just, I only learned by writing it out by, by action. I couldn't just look at something. I'm, my my fiance, Allie, she would she would just look at something and she just knows it. Wow. She goes, I think when she just got done with her last semester of med school, she would go through two 2000 flashcards a day. Whoa. Yeah. And she could just look at something and it would come it would uh she could encode it a lot faster. Like uh, I think we were we were reading something and she can read six times faster than me or something, maybe eight. Wow. No, it's it's funny. I was reading uh, a book. It was like that, that thick every night. And it took me like a month or something to go through it. Cause it just takes me so much longer. It's, it's laborious just to, to read. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. I mean, that, that, that's why I do audiobooks. Mm, yep. And podcasts and that, whatnot. That's a good move because I mean, it's more efficient. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good to read, but it's also just more efficient to listen to things. Yeah. But it wasn't the, those kind of tools weren't there when I was going through college as much <laughs> or they were expensive. They were just coming out and I didn't really, didn't really want to invest time learning how to use them, how to really utilize listening to stuff to learn. Right. So yeah, no, it, so yeah, this Lexi is no joke. Do but, you still like struggle with it? Like, Oh, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the last time I, I work as a coder funny enough. So <laughs> I, I, I look through things all day. The thing is, I can actually, I have great spatial. Um, I can actually Im- imagine, funny enough, code as a spatial object. So I can kind of see how things connect mm. um, while I'm working on stuff. So you don't have to work fast with coding. You you just have to work efficiently. And usually me being able to see stuff and connect things helps a lot. Wow. I'm, I don't know if your daughter is very spatial. I don't know. Um we're, we just you, learned that she had dyslexia like when she when, got tested. When I think of what, what do you think of when you, how do you think of directions when you go from here to say the East Lansing mall? Uh, the Meridian mall. Yeah. I would say from here, I would like how I would get there. Yeah. 
I would go to Mount Hope and drive up to Okemos Road. Or how and, do you, how do you picture it in your head? Like how I would go there. Yeah. That's how I would picture it. Just directions. Just left, right, left, right or something. So it's just, it's a li- it's a list. Yeah. No, mine is a 3D like I even can imagine driving past CVSs and whatnot. Oh, uh, so that you, kind of thing. you so when you describe it to somebody, how would you describe it? Well, of course I would describe it I'm uh from here. It's been a while since I've been over here, but yeah, I would head over to the to the highway, head up. Um, so describing it is one thing, but the way you think about it is a different thing. Mm. So sure, the way I describe it, because I know most people don't think of things spatially. Um, Are all people with dyslexia like that? I have no clue. I think so. But no, I mean, I can picture the entire Meridian Mall. I can picture the insides and everything. And Yeah, I can do that. Thing. I can yeah, do that. yeah, yeah. You could do that, but I automatically do that. Okay, like that's the only way I think. So, I'm I'm trying to understand this. Okay. Um, so when I say the Meridian Mall, you start picturing 3D. Yes. Like 3D layout. A 3D layout of what it looks period, like. Period. Of like all aspects of the mall. All aspects. I mean, that's kind of how I think. Okay. Maybe I have dyslexia. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people in our generation weren't really trained to get to to diagnose. I, I always think getting diagnosed is somewhat of a handicap because then you think, yeah. then you think, because then you give yourself limits. Yeah. Then you, or, or even worse excuses. Yeah. Excuses for why you can't do something. Cause I was like, I didn't really want to know I had that. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if you were able to find a way to hack it and be yeah. successful regardless, but some people need that help. Some oh. people need a reason or they need somebody to say, hey, this is what you have and this is the tools and the things necessary or that you have access to that it would be necessary to help you. Yeah. Um, no, no, definitely. I mean, I even think some medications are even helpful. Um, I forget. I don't, I don't I don't really like Ritalin. I never had that. I think Vyvanse is pretty good, but isn't that that's for ADHD? Yeah, ADHD. But it's also it also helps you focus. So the problem with dyslexia is you, you, your, your eyes kind of move so fast across the page, you flip stuff around and whatnot, and you don't really get, you don't have the attention span to focus and to grab the concepts and words and whatnot. So a lot of times ADHD meds helps you slow down so you can actually grasp the concept that the page is trying to tell you. Interesting. At least that's what I found. Have you ever taken any of those? I'm actually just started taking them two years ago. And they help? And they help. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Is, yeah, there's just been a huge help with actually being able to focus to slow down. And I actually found I, I can actually use my intellect more efficiently. I don't know. I'm not trying to rush through things. I'm not trying to... Um, trying to rush through things yeah 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 no i can i can kind of slow down and think about something before i are you also adhd oh yes (laughs) but again i wasn't really diagnosed with any of this stuff because my fiance when we were i think it was my senior year of college uh she was like you should probably just go get checked out maybe you can get some help oh my gosh no and guess what when i when i went and i have a third third grade reading level what with my speed Oh, with my comprehension speed, third grade. 
do you think like having something like Neuralink would help with something like dyslexia or something like that? Yeah, as I was saying, it, well, I don't, I don't know really how Neuralink actually, how, how, how effective it is actually getting information back in. Right. I don't think it is. Because it's getting information out. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's connecting you. It, it's about getting in dyslexia and ADHD is about getting information in. Right. That's the problem. Right. Um, but if you could have something that was implanted in you and then just fed information into you, you then you would have an understanding. Yes. That kind of put everybody on the same playing field. Right. Same level. That would be no, crazy. It'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. That'd be crazy. But it again, would, there's the whole threat. It would make competition a lot harder. Oh, definitely. People, for like academics. I think at that point, then it would just be about who, uh, who put in the most time. It wouldn't be inherent talent or ability. Oh my gosh. You would actually see who's the hard worker, which I think would be good. That would be good because yeah, now you have an even playing field and it's like, now we, you lit, you eliminated the, the ability of somebody being not smart enough, mm -hmm. but now it's the, it's based on your efforts yeah. and your merit. And I think there, I think, uh, sure. People are, some people are just going to be talented, right. like the way they grow up, they inherently have worked with this kind of stuff. They, I mean, it's just like uh, bodybuilding or working out or something. Someone who's squatted all their childhood obviously could walk into the gym. Right. Or bio, biologics even. Yeah. And just, yeah, they, they would outperform everybody for a very long time. Right. People, the people that haven't been doing it would have to work a whole lot harder just to catch up. Or they might not even catch up. They, or might, they might not even catch up if the person right. is working that hard. If the person consistently always puts in more, just as much time or more than everybody else. Yeah, of course they're going to get further. Right. But I think inherently, yeah, if you're able to get that information directly into you, it would definitely level a playing field because it's good. I think medication is good and it's needed by a lot of people, but it'd be great if it wasn't needed. Right. No, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, because there's so many different side effects of it and so many different, so many terrible things happen from people that are on medication. Oh, definitely. But I, I don't ever want to say that it's a crutch. I mean, some people just genuinely need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To, to live day to day. And I, I don't want to ever put any type of stigmatism on them for that because it, it's hard. They've had a hard lifetime to live with this stuff. And that medication is helping them being put on the same playing field as everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy anybody that had to do what I had to do and just dog through it i remember in the last podcast you had talked about like you would stay up till like three in the morning studying oh and all too often i didn't realize at that time that you had dyslexia so you were just studying just so you could just understand oh yeah no a lot of classes i would so the funny thing with dyslexia is you'll be really good with math four-pointed ca calculus no problem you could do math no problem but uh, yeah i would spend i needed dyslexia i sucked at math <laughs> <laughs> are you <laughs> Yeah. No, uh, what, what was it? Yeah. I would, uh, constantly only get C's and B's in any English classes, any writing. Um, yeah. Anything upper level classes, like once I was in college, my junior senior years, no problem, including my master's, no problem because all of those are, you're not really having to demonstrate language abilities and whatnot. You're just kind of, you're showing how you orientate subjects and displaying your knowledge at that point. Right. You're not having to take in from in information. You're having to show it out. Right. Um, 
But no, I thought with dyslexia, the biggest thing for without medication was just writing stuff down, was just figuring out my method on how to get information into my brain. There's so many different tools now that we learned about because my daughter has dyslexia. There's like apps that they have mm -hmm. that, um, which are extremely expensive. It's like a thousand dollars a month or no, maybe it's like 200 bucks a really? month. Yeah. It's like 200 bucks a month and insurance could cover it, but they choose not to. Oh. And because I think it's like still, it was passed by the FDA, but it's, yeah, it's highly sought after, I guess it's an app that would help you help people with dyslexia. What is it? I can't remember. I have to ask my wife. I think one thing that I I found helped as long as I keep doing it consistently is meditation. Mm. So I'd use the the Calm app. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Calm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just ten minutes a day or something of just kind of sitting in peace, being able to kind of center my mind. Okay. I, I don't know. I know it's it's a lot of hui my. Huh. Well, no. Go ahead. Oh my. Yeah. My fiance would when when we first met, she thought it was a lot of hui when I would meditate or something. Really. Well, come on, it's a lot of stigmatism and anybody that's from just any small town, just, yeah, any type of self-help or whatever I always found was kind of looked down upon a little like bit, woo -woo we, we a little bit. Weak, weakness or whatever, right? That you can't handle your own mind. Oh, you spiritual person. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> how dare you try to better yourself or yeah, you can't handle yourself. What? I've had a lot of people on the podcast that are like big into meditation and yoga and they're like healers and stuff but the thing is is like meditation is proven i mean e anything could be meditation like oh, yeah. if it's something that brings peace and calm to your mind it's meditation you could be out on a kayak in the early morning and i mean i was just talking to a guy this morning or yeah. this week about it you could be floating down a river mm -hmm. the river just looks like glass because it's so clear and it's just you feel that you the breeze blowing and you're taking in that fresh air and that is it's like so calming image. it's so calming yeah and that's meditation where nothing you're not thinking about anything you're not stressing about anything i think when people like talk about meditation they think of this woo woo thing like you're just sitting on a like a um, yoga mat like oh um, yeah um, it doesn't have to be that no it could be literally like my wife when she goes to work she listens to um uh like some sort of meditation thing in the morning like it's just somebody like honestly i don't know what it is <laughs> but it, i i would assume that it's somebody doing like some sort of guided meditation and telling Those you nice. telling you how to breathe like breathe yeah. in breathe out type of thing yeah and she gets huge benefits from it mm -hmm. and she does it while working so she's doing it while she's actively doing something else now I do think that there's a benefit to not doing anything. Yes, I think it's I think it's good to be able to only focus on one thing or whatever. Usually it's the breath right. or whatever during meditation. Right. But it um, really is just going into your mind and, and clearing your mind. Yeah. It's being able to kind of it's using the word center yourself, center yourself. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. 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 No, you um you balance you have a good balance. Yeah, you being around yourself. Focus on one thing and one thing only so that you're not like you're not thinking about the future past. You're not getting right. anxious. You're not trying to overthink about this thing or well, that thing. And that's an interesting thing too. When you say don't think, because then people are like, well, I can't not think I always think. And it's like, that's the purpose of meditation. Like you will think, yeah. but you always bring yourself back to whatever that one thing is that grounds yeah. you into the meditation. Like for me, it's breathing. Yeah. So like you focus on your breathing, you always come back to it. Like, so you might, your mind might start wandering, but then when it starts wandering, then you're just like, okay, start breathing again. Breathe in breathe out breathe in breathe out i mean I and think, then you're not focused on anything else 
I think people are worried about whether it's successful or not. They're they they put too much stress on themselves for their meditation to be successful. Mm. You know, I mean, they're like, oh shit, I couldn't I couldn't focus on my breath for ten minutes, and then they get wrapped up and then I think it's not for me. You mean I failed at it? It's not for me. They they kind of they kind of kind of put a at least I did. I kind of for for a minute I put a stigma on how well I was meditating, but then I kind of put a, like a I guess a goal. If I can meditate for one second, it's successful. Of course, I'm going to put it for 10 minutes, like the whole meditation session or whatever. Right. But I guess if you need some type of goal, just keep it at one second or something. Just be able to be able to think about your breath for one second. It's kind of like when you plan to work out, like you go to a gym and you plan to work out, but you're not working out that whole time. No. Like you're going to take rest and you're yeah. going to take breaks. You're going to play on your phone. You're not working out. You're hindering yourself. Was it's it TikTok a, for you? Was that? Was it TikTok for you? Uh, no, it's, it's honestly Facebook and scrolling uh, yep. that gets you, that gets you. And then you next just, thing you know, two minutes have gone by and you're like, Oh, I need to do my next set. Yeah, well, shoot. <laughs> I wasn't focusing on recovering. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like it's kind of the same thing where you just got to like, remember to bring yourself back. It's not like do, it's not doing the whole 10 minutes. It's just trying to get as much of that 10 minutes out as you can possibly get. Definitely. And that's, that's what I think about. When I do hot yoga, I had mentioned to you earlier, I'm like, have you ever done hot yoga? And I you know, stripped all my clothes off and just sat in the room by <laughs> myself and turned up the heat, right? Yeah. I mean, essentially, that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> um, when I've gone and done hot yoga, like I've done a, a couple classes, it wears you out. Like it's an, like an hour, hour and a half class in a sauna. Yoga alone will wear you out. What's that? Yoga alone will wear you out. Yeah, it's brutal. And so when you're done with it, they usually do some sort of guided meditation afterwards. And afterwards, you're just like, like you, your mind doesn't wander. You're focused only on your breathing and recovering. And it's one of the most amazing feelings you can possibly get. And it sounds like this woo woo thing. But like when I, the first time I ever did hot yoga, I had, I was tripping. The guy was like, like doing this guided <laughs> meditation. You're hot. You're laying on a mat afterwards. <laughs> yeah. your eyes are closed you could hear little music in the background and i was picturing that i was on a mat or i was on a beach on the sand i could feel the sand i could feel the sun ray sun rays hitting my body i could hear the waves crashing oh definitely and then it only lasted a couple seconds and i snapped out of it i was like peaceful moment it was so have. peaceful and it was like whoa what was that kind of reminds me of without the adrenaline like a cold plunge yeah like all you could think about is the the cold. I mean, the whole mm -hmm. purpose of meditation is thinking about the here and now, whether right. it's the breath, whether it's the sound of nature around you, or if someone could somehow focus on silence, I guess silence. <laughs> I'd, I'm pretty, I'm, I'd be pretty impressed. Someone could just focus on silence. But yeah, I think a cold plunge is kind of a good taking a cold shower or whatever is probably a good equivalent to meditation. I think it's a form of meditation yeah. because you, you definitely focus on, whatever it is that gets you through that moment you're Definitely. in the moment yeah and you cannot focus on anything else you're not thinking about oh i gotta go here later or i gotta yeah. go run this errand later i gotta go do this i gotta go to work you don't think about any of that you're yeah. not worried about anything but just getting through that shitty situation yeah, <laughs> yeah i think we were talking about this earlier i thought it was hilarious is uh the common person would look at our lives as like oh shoot you're just trying you go for runs well that's freaking sucks <laughs> go work out once a day or whatever and you hurt yourself well, why are you doing that oh how can you make your life any worse oh you go take cold plunges what is wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> why would you want to do that why are you putting yourself so through so much pain 
Oh, yeah, it's just about trying to better yourself and just kind of getting your mind in the right state. I think it's needed. I really do. I think it's needed because and that's one thing like I realize in myself is when I don't when I'm not disciplined and I'm not I just fall off the wagon. I'm not running. I'm not doing cold showers or I'm not working out like I should be. I fall off my diet. That's when like seasonal depression. That's when like all these different stress, anxiety. That's when all those things start to seep in. And then your life just becomes this like perpetuating spiral of like dooms, doom, doomness. You know, it's just like, it's, it's not good. And so that's where I think like doing hard things is important. Oh yeah. I think you need to start the day by doing something hard every single day. Yeah. I mean, I guess the worst case scenario, you could look at it like, oh, could my day get any worse? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we were talking about with the, the cold, like the cold yeah. plunge or cold showers is like, that's more than likely the hardest thing you'll do oh, that whatever. day. I don't know. My morning runs or whatever, <laughs> or workouts or whatever I do in the morning. That's usually the hardest thing. Really? I actually, I don't mind. I actually, uh, I enjoy getting in a cold shower now. Mm. You do. I don't know why you get it. You do it for so long. You're like, you kind of look forward to it almost. So you're ready for the next step. You're ready for a cold plunge. Oh yeah. I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm saving up the money right now to, to the bit. It's easy to get the the bin or whatever. The, yeah. the hard part is to actually get. So I live in down San Antonio. So it's 70 degrees out right now. That's so I need to get a, an actual, um, a nice cool or a cooler right water cooler right and those things cost if you want to get a good one 400 500 bucks yeah and yeah i can get one for um through two or three hundred but those only drop it down to like 15 degrees i want it down to like eight eight degrees oh yeah whoa. Eight celsius whoa oh okay i think it's eight. yeah eight degrees yeah so what would eight degrees celsius be in fahrenheit eight degrees celsius so uh, well let's see eight eight plus Oh, is eight times one point eight. So I'm just gonna times by two. Sixteen thirty forty fifty-two. Fifty-two degrees. Yeah. Okay. Well that's possible. That's yeah. totally possible. Maybe, maybe it's more like forty-six because of yeah. So I I'll show you when we're done, but I'm building a cold plunge right now and the chiller that I have goes down to forty degrees. That's nice. And yeah, it's nice. And so I went and did um th- this place in Grand Rapids, you could do this uh this experience it's a it's a sauna and they call it fire and ice it's a sauna and a cold plunge i've seen those kind of places it, it's pretty freaking cool yeah. and so the cold plunge was at 50 degrees and it's cold it's really That's cold perfect it is i would say it's perfect but you just got to do it longer to get the same benefits so um i don't remember where i was going with that but what i was wanted to say is that if that's something you want to do i could totally help you Oh yeah. No, I, I have to, I just have to get the, I have to get the equipment. That's all. Yeah. Actually, actually right now I'm building a patio on my back, backyard. Oh, cool. So I want to, fr- well, I'm more, you know what the one thing you don't think about as much when you, when you move down to Texas, heat, <laughs> there's tons of poisonous things, Ah. Uh. you know, black widows, scorpions. I actually found a scorpion. I Whoa. found with snakes and whatnot. There's rattlers. My neighbors told me about that lit, that, are in the area and oh my gosh it's those things i don't really want to f- i don't really want to step on one in, in the morning or find one in my cold plunge <laughs> so i have to make sure i have to get it all make sure it's i would think if if it landed in the cold plunge it'd probably die i would hope so but <laughs> i don't want to i don't want to open it up in the morning when it's dark out and whatnot and get in and there is a there's a water snake or something in there oh and i'm like oh gosh. no yeah, no, snakes are the worst. I don't mind snakes. It's the spiders that, that I am afraid of. They have poisonous spiders down there. Oh, lots of them. How big are they? 
I don't know. I think I saw they were like that big. So you don't even see them. Oh my gosh. I guess that's the worst. I don't mind tarantulas. At least they're only a little poisonous. <laughs> I guess I could make it to the ER and whatnot, but no, I'm afraid of the little things that you can't really see. Mm. Like I just put in a, uh, so they had in our, I just bought a house. They had the, under the stairs closed off and I was kind of afraid of breaking through the wall. Cause I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm fine back here. I've seen those videos of like, um, somebody ripping down their ceiling and there's a giant oh. freaking snake. Yep. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. What, what's crazy is so like my kids make fun of me because I'm terrified of snakes. I hate snakes and it doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter what size snake it is. It could be a little gardener snake. And I'm like, nope, don't want to see it. it. I know that it can't hurt me. I know that yeah. I just don't like them. And so I think this is where my, my fear of snakes came in is when, I, when I was a kid, I lived in Florida and they have giant snakes down there. And so my brother and I were walking home from school one day and we're walking down this aisle alleyway behind our house. And there was a giant freaking snake and it was probably as long as this room. Um, the alleyway was, it was kind of small, but it was like as wide as this room. And so we're walking down and I see this thing. I go to step over. And I thought it was like a, a log or yeah. something and it moved. And I was like, that's a snake. And so I started crying and I started bagging up and I ran the opposite way. And yes, ever sir. since then, I hated snakes. Oh, I don't blame you. If you ran into one of those things when you were little, you're like. Okay. Now, my perception of that might be slightly off because I was younger. <laughs> yeah, but it's still a big snake. But it was a big snake. It was still yeah. big. It doesn't matter how long or thick it was. It was like, mm. I mean, from my memory, it was like that big. Yeah. That could eat me. Now, do, do we need to do like a uh, survivor thing where we throw you in a pit of snakes? Absolutely and then, not. And, and, that, and that will solve your fear? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> oh, man. So today we're going to throw David in a pit of snakes. We're going to see how he reacts. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a good move to overcome that no, fear. I think, I think it would just make it worse. It might make it worse. I'd probably freak out. Honestly, you, you would see like a ramen. You're, you'd think of snakes and you're like, nope, not in ramen anymore. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think because I'm, I'm afraid of spiders. So if you threw me in a room full of tarantulas that even if they weren't poisonous, mm. you had them all like defanged or whatever. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good day for me. Yeah, I, I'm not terrified of spiders. I don't like spiders. Mm. I'm not a fan, but I'm not terrified. Oh, I'll pick one up if I, if I have to. <laughs> but yeah, snakes. I have no problem. I'll pick them up. No problem. That's wild. I actually picked one up, um, in in Texas. Thank God I was a gardener. I wasn't even thinking because <laughs> I love picking up snakes. Because the gardeners here, you could pick up. You could pick up any snake, even if it's like a, a blue racer. You don't have to really right kill you right what is um, the most poisonous snake in michigan is there a poisonous one i thought a blue racer was that's like a water snake right something yeah i thought they were kind of poisonous okay but that, i don't know oh. they can kill you you're just gonna get a little sick i don't want to find out no i don't want to find out either, but <laughs> but no i picked one up in texas i think i was a as a uh was a gardener but i picked it up and i was like oh shit i'm in texas so i threw it <laughs> and I don't, I don't think it was poisonous but i was like i could have gotten myself hurt there because mm. that wouldn't have been fun it's crazy like when you grow up in one place and you just especially michigan because you don't really have to worry about too much nothing i mean everything that's dangerous for you dies yeah for the most part and but then when you go to like a southern state you have to worry about a lot of things yeah no i i'm constantly now thinking about because i go on runs now and so i'm always now worried about um rattlers or something mm. now now of course most animals even poisonous animals do do not want to you yeah they don't want to be near you they want to be far away from you yeah 
So if you come in their direction, they'll, they'll try to get away. Have you ever seen the videos of the people running in like Colorado? Like they'll be on a trail and then like a mountain lion comes. Well, that's, they have a, they have a territory. Mountain lions. Yeah. Yeah. Mountain lions, bears and whatnot. So they're just trying to protect their territory. Yeah. At that point. So you're in their space. Yeah. And they feel cornered. Yeah. They feel cornered even though they're not cornered. There's so many crazy videos of that where yeah. like people are shooting back at them. <laughs> oh, that is just crazy. No, yeah, I, I've seen bears. I've seen a uh, grizzly bear uh, videos of people just kind of, what is the recent one? The guy opening up his tent and there's a grizzly bear right out there and he's like, yeah, oh. <laughs> he closed it back. I'm like, it's going to do anything. <laughs> he apparently didn't, the bear didn't attack him, but because I think a lot of animals have like, if they can't see you, you're not there anymore. Right. Um, but still, or they have to figure out how to get to you. Or have to figure out how to get to you. I'm like, oh my god, that'd be so terrifying. I mean, could you imagine if that bear was really hungry? He probably probably would have gotten that person. He would have found a way. Oh yeah, he would have. He would have smelled it, definitely. and he would have tried to try to get to them. It would have been a very bad day. I don't think that video would have been released. <laughs> <laughs> I know that unless the family was really morbid there hey look at this this was really cool he was even taking a video of this while it was happening it's so crazy to think about we live in such wild times where like you could literally video anything and it could become a, a viral sensation just like that no definitely no I'm trying to think of another more stuff that's just wild I wouldn't even wouldn't even imagine would be online but I mean, there's a lot of things like people like um, in squirrel suits jumping out of. Oh, yeah. Jumping off cliffs and stuff. Or oh, one of the most craziest things is is those people that um, the parkour people. That's what I was just thinking about. The sky, the sky rise yeah. high, like the sky um, skyscraper people. That's that, what I was just thinking oh about. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't imagine. What is it? They they're just jumping from one ledge or even onto a little pole. It's high yeah. up and I'm just like, do you not value anything anymore? <laughs> Are you, did you just give up on life? No, I definitely think, uh, those people have like a certain level of, um, risk that they have to have in their life. Yeah. They just love adrenaline or something. I mean, I've gone skydiving and, um, and I think I said that last time or something, I don't remember, but that was, I had a fear of heights. So I did that and didn't solve the fear of heights, but I like it now. I would I would go skydiving again. Would you? Yeah. I went skydiving um a couple of years ago. What is it? Yeah, no, it was just it was a blast. My it was funny, it was our our third date with me and Allie. Took her skydiving. <laughs> Your third she, date? Yeah. And she loved it. And she loved it. She was just thinking, oh my God, if this guy's willing to go skydiving on the third date, what else he are we gonna what else are we gonna do in our life? He's down for anything. Yeah. <laughs> And I suggested it and signed us up. And then afterwards, funny enough, we went apple picking and then went made apple pies. Oh, wow. And it, it was How just, romantic. <laughs> I don't think I could ever top that again. That was probably the most epic date I could ever have done. Like took her out to dinner. We made apple pies, skydiving. Yeah, I don't know how else we could have done that. Here, let me share my screen. Um. This is absolutely crazy. Oh. <clears throat> if it ever loads. Yeah. Everybody's looking at our back. So when I went skydiving, um, it was it was crazy because it got canceled the first the first uh time I went. And that because of like 
the cloud or wind or whatever. Um, and then we, I was able to go again and we got into the plane. I was fine. I was, mm-hmm. I was like excited to do it. But then once you get up in the air and that you, you hit the you realization of I'm going to jump out of this plane and that's it. And it's like, this could be it. Like it could be, you don't kind know. Of, you just kind of accept it at that point. Like, well, I guess my life is done right now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes back to meditation is like, this is one of the most peaceful things you could do. So like we jumped out and we're, we're like, uh, are you a screamer? No, I'm not. No, no, I don't think I screamed. Um, I might've like hollered a little bit like, wow, this is awesome type of thing. But, um, we jumped out, we're kind of twirling around in the air, free falling, whatever. And then he hits the parachute and we just, we're just, gliding and you're just kind of floating around and then that was one of the most peaceful things and he's like do you like do you yeah like look at this this dude are you afraid of heights terrifying guys get the parkour (laughs) my dog's just like hey what's what's going on over here pop an ad yeah so then he's like do you like adrenaline and we start he's like starts moving the parachute around and we just start spinning spiraling oh, towards fun. towards the fun. earth yes that's a lot of fun look at this like, what that i don't understand without any attachments or nothing no just doing this and not i just don't see the point but it's adrenaline people well, people need the adrenaline rush I mean, but in any it. wrong movie, life's just... And they don't have anybody fun. that loves them. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> to tell them not to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. That dude almost fell. That dude so saved his life. Yeah. Oh, no. He, oh, God, he almost fell. That. This is one of the most wildest things. Why would you walk across a string? Without, over... without, a, uh, without a guy kidding no way because normally there'd be a cable that trails behind you right you're wearing some sort of harness i mean i guess some of these people are they're trained for this stuff they've done this forever but how did they get trained though that's the well, question they, well they started at low levels and they learn what they're capable of and whatnot and then they move higher up and higher up and then they just know well, my thought with this is even if you know yourself you're still worried about maybe a gust of wind or something right like every circumstance isn't always going to be the same no yeah, no just yeah that could have gone wrong so many different ways yeah. oh let's bring a bike into it and, and then yeah run into that movie where he gets caught between two boulders and all the soft and play. yeah that's this is crazy so no no i think i have the high my Allie told me I had the highest pitched scream she's ever heard when I jumped out of a plane. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. No, would you I, do it? So you would do it again? I would do it again. Yeah. No, definitely. It, I love it. I, I will say I love adrenaline I quite think, a bit. I think a lot of people have like, uh, they have a need for some sort of adrenaline, whether it's oh, yeah. some sort of crazy event or maybe it's just something that excites them. Yeah. In I, some sort of way, like it could be like an exciting event or something like that. 
I think now I just get it with my cold showers in the morning or something. Yeah. It definitely hits the adrenaline in the morning and right. Then you're just calm the rest of the day. Right. But yeah, no, I would definitely go a skydiving game, but I wouldn't do parkour. That is just crazy. But I, yeah. I applaud those people because they, I guess they're just doing what they love. Yeah. I mean, who's to stop you? If you want to do that, go well, do yeah. it. <laughs> Your grandma's sitting there. Don't do it. <laughs> it's like uh, that Alex Honnold guy. Have you seen him? He free climbs mountains. I think I, I, I think I've read a, some type of Ted talk with him or something. Okay. Because he yeah. uh, did Yosemite without any harnesses or nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's crazy. And he did it from, he started from nothing. He wasn't even, I think it was in his 20s and he just decided, you know, I'm going to start free climbing. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> but it's amazing. I mean, the consistency and the hard work that goes into them being able to do that. I mean, it's inspiring. Yeah, because you have to be so dialed in to that. It's like a. And they don't want to die. No. No, but they just, they, they, they're so hardworking and consistent and they want it so bad that they just go after it and they, and they get it. Right. And they plan for it. They train for they it. Plan for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like anything, but it, it's amazing that there's people out there that are willing to do that. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. No. And, uh, I mean, heck we need those kind of people. I mean, you, you see jobs like having to climb up mile tall towers to change light bulbs and whatnot yeah those are some of the most highest highest paying jobs yeah, yeah i know i'm <laughs> like oh my god i mean i might do it for that kind of money but i don't know if i'd be willing to do it consistently <laughs> i used to work for right tree service back in the day and they started getting me to climb trees mm. and you when you think of that career you think of like a bunch of rough like crazy like yeah. just hillbilly like rough blue collar workers, mm -hmm. but it's one of the most dangerous jobs that you could possibly oh, yeah. do. I mean, especially for the right tree service because you're working around power lines. Yeah. And I climbed a, a tree a couple times and it was scary. Oh yeah. No, it's I'd, scary. Cause yeah, you're how, how tall up your whole, I mean, you're, up. you could be at the tip of a tree. Yeah, it doesn't so matter what 40, size of the tree 40, is. 50, 60 feet. Yeah. yeah. And then the trees blowing in the wind Yeah, and you don't realize how much trees move. Like a full oh, thick man. size, like, like tree. And then can, you're, you're, you're shimming, you're shimming, like you're shimming, shimmering yourself up the tree. You're humping up the tree, humping which is the what tree. they call it. They humping, call it humping yeah. the tree. And then you're tied in. So you, you throw mm. a, a line up and you have, you, you learn your different knots and then you have mm. like a pulley system. Yeah. And so you're, you're like your life, like your, your life is based on your knowledge of being able to tie knots. Yeah. And, essentially. Then, and then you're cutting the tree as you're going down a little bit. Sometimes. Yeah. So you have to and, pay attention to where your rope is. And then you're like, <laughs> Oh shoot. I accidentally cut my, cut my rope and I'm just going to hang in here. Yeah. Oh man. That would be, that'd be terrifying. I mean, so you always had like a safety tie. Yeah. You were always tied in somewhere else too, in case like that did happen. Well, we're down like a rock climber. Right. But, but still you hit a, you hit a couple of branches on the way down. It's a, it's okay. That's one of the most crazy uh, careers to learn because the only way to learn is by doing it. Mm -hmm. And the only way to learn all those different things is by doing it wrong. Oh, yeah. Or Definitely. learning how to do it right and then just remembering. Or seeing the, another person doing it wrong. You're like, oh, I don't want to do that. That looks like it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that looks real painful. I don't want to do that. That's a lot of blood. <laughs> One of the most crazy stories that I was ever told, and it was by somebody I knew, 
he was the safety rep for right tree service um there was a, a storm that came through and uh, a lot of times right tree service would they would go out and they, they were they were contracted through consumers energy so they would go out whenever there were storms and clean up all the brush and everything that hit power lines and this guy was out working and uh he was cleaning up some brush grabbed a power line and the only thing that was left of him was his boots that's the only thing that they could identify because those are what twenty thousand volts 20, i don't even 000? know but yeah, he accidentally grabbed a power line and there was absolutely nothing left of him. Oh. Which is terrible. That I say this, but at least it was quick. Oh my gosh. That would have probably been the quickest death you could imagine. But oh my God, the the react the moment you realize you did that. Oh. I don't even think that there's a realization. No, probably not. But I'm sure there's some sort of realization, like right before you grab it, you realize you're what you're about to grab onto. And then yeah. and then of course the, the electricity then just forces right. you to grasp right oh that would just been terrible absolutely well, yeah. terrible no i i'm sure they're there i i'm curious about the statistic on uh how many people that happens to every year i think it happens quite often i mean because there was a another guy that i knew his somebody he knew got mm. uh accidentally grabbed a power line during another storm and it was just like he was on his property found a power line picked it up and yeah same thing oh yeah pick- and that 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 was kind of uh i'm gonna say a little bit their fault for picking up a power, <laughs> power line i mean you're on the ground you kind of looking around you see a power line don't touch it yeah you never touch it yeah but touch power line i get skeptical driving over them because yeah. um i wouldn't drive over them there were, well i was in a situation where i had no choice what they were just you're blocked in yeah it was during one of the last storms we had it was a really bad storm there was huh. lines laying on the ground and there's trees and everything and um yeah I, I, maybe i did have a choice i just had to go that way <laughs> oh you're like i'm just gonna go that way <laughs> and so i drove over it hoping that it wasn't a live line and it wasn't but the best i don't know i i i don't really know a good suggestion for this but i think if i was in that situation i'd be thinking which side goes towards the power plant mm thinking one side might not have would be have less of a chance of producing electricity i guess see the way i was th- yeah. yeah i guess if that's that's a good point yeah. yeah but the way i was thinking was there i was in the middle of a storm still and i'm like this could be a tornado and so the tornado could be yeah. coming my way last i knew it was coming towards me so i don't yeah. want to go back oh yeah i wanted to go that way i see yeah so, that would, that'd be a very so scary I, scenario so do i drive towards and go like around and possibly end up in the same situation the tornado right or yeah. do i just drive over, risk driving over this power line and i have rubber well, wheels so. yeah you're yeah i know that's what i was thinking you have rubber wheels but i'm just afraid of the power line for some odd reason right and hit the, the vehicle connects to the underside of the vehicle and then zap <laughs> <laughs> and then you're done <laughs> i don't know how it reacts through through the chassis i don't either i i don't know i don't I, I, I know a lot electrical safety and whatnot, but I don't think we're ever taught this, the situation of no, however. but that, that's where I think like having above ground power lines is like such a thing of the past. Like, why don't we have most lines underground? Like for this neighborhood specifically, I think, I think it's just harder to access and it just costs so much money to, to, to install them under the pavement. And their people are worried that if someone starts digging down, mm. they might accidentally hit a power line. 
Yeah, but that's where you're supposed to have like permits yeah. and, and you're supposed to, and and all you're supposed to have like a, me a metal conduit and whatnot running along right with that stuff in there. So we have underground power lines for this neighborhood and we oh, almost good. never lose power. Even yeah. like during big storms where every like the mo most of the city's out, we have power. Yeah, same with my neighborhood. And it's like it makes sense. Why it makes sense. Why don't they do this everywhere? And it looks so much nicer. Yes. You don't see all the power lines going crisscrossing, all the internet, all the telecom. You don't have some idiot hitting a power line and yeah. putting everybody's power out. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> no, it just makes so much more sense. I don't understand it. And then, yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I just also like it just because it doesn't look as, look terrible. Yeah, no, it looks clean. It looks nice. Yeah. I like it. But no, yeah, power going out. You know, that's kind of nice. My, my freezer stays on. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that's like a, a part of a problem. It's not a big deal. That's not something you really have to worry about too much in Texas. Although they did lose almost lose their power um, grid a couple of years ago, right? Oh no, they. Uh, I mean, we've had. I've never had my power out, but parts of the city has, especially parts of the city that has the power lines above the street. They, I've mm -hmm. seen that out once in a while. And I, I guess a few years back, they used to have rolling rolling blackouts during the summer. Oh wow. Well, because all of the electricity being used for uh, air, con yeah, air conditioning, yeah, it just takes up so much electricity. Wow. Yeah, no, um, but. And then they I, had that, that winter storm as well. Oh, yeah, I've heard that was just terrible. You weren't there during that no. time? No, I just moved there in 2022. Okay. So that happened in 2020. It happened in 2021. No, I heard that was just terrible. I mean, so that's where all of their. Um, can, so that we have consumers up here, but they have something called CPS down there, but that is a pri it's all private. Like even people, the problem is people that don't even live in the same, in that city control the power grid. So oh, they, con wow. they control how much money is being used to update stuff and whatnot. How so? Well, I mean, heck there's a, uh, I think there was only like a handful of people that was on that on the, I guess I'm just saying consumers for people that right. know it up here. Yeah. Consumers for down there people on the board one guy was in new york that ran that ran that company oh. and one person was in oklahoma so they weren't even living in the state because it was oh. all but it was all it was all a uh, public company right so it, that's the one downside i think of not having government officials is that it, it's not run from up there so they're like oh it's perfectly fine up here right we don't, we don't need to worry about updating the electricity oh it's not going to be that hot oh my so God. it was 110 degrees all summer <laughs> I mean, my, I don't think my air conditioning turned off. Sorry. It, it turned off. It only ran for 16 hours a day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> my air conditioning at my house down, down there. If you get a cold plunge, you might not need the air conditioning for at least half the day. Oh, I'm still going to have air conditioning. Trust me. <laughs> no, it, it, no, the way you have to think about it is it costs more to bring it back down. Mm. You got to have it down there. Mm -hmm. And I like to sleep in 67 degree temperature. <laughs> That's a good temperature for good sleep. Oh, it is perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I have it, have a jump up to 72 during the day and that's fine. But man, no, it, it's ridiculous. Their power grid down there, they need to update it. It's funny. They actually just start, uh, had a bill for to invest $10 billion in gas power plants throughout the state or cold fire power plants and whatnot. Oh. And they're just, they're, they're all against, um, windmills and solar. I don't know why it's a perfect state for solar. Don't they have like soul or uh, windmill graveyards down there? I don't know. Um, I know, I know, up. I know it is very difficult to uh, recycle windmills though. 
It is very difficult. They just it's all covered in fiber. They just essentially throw them into landmines or uh, landfills. landfills. I mean, yeah, landmines. Landmine. <laughs> Perfect. Because um, um, you can't burn them. You can't recycle them, really. I mean, you can't really just, you can't mend them and fix them because they're not going to be as strong. Right. Because, you know, carbon fiber is just one long, big piece. There's not a way to recycle them. I don't, I, I want to say there is, but the costs, this is, the costs of recycling is always, would be pretty high. All right. Let me uh, share my screen real quick. I'm just curious how long we've been doing this. <laughs> uh, an hour and 35 minutes. We'll wrap it up here soon. Oh no, you're fine. I was just curious. I was like, it just kind of occurred to me. Okay. So the Texas monthly. Yep. Uh, look at that. Look at that yeah. graveyard. Thousands of old wind wind turbine blades pile up in West Texas. I mean, yeah, it's bad, but. Okay, so this was update September 25th. General Electric filed a lawsuit last week claiming the global fiberglass solutions has failed to fulfill its promise to recycle thousands of blades. GE says it paid the company $16.9 million to recycle about 5,000 wind turbine blades, but that GFS instead dead stockpiled them at a facility in Sweetwater and Iowa. Only after GFS took millions of dollars from GE did GFS all but shut down its operations without recycling the blades. Reads Not the bad. complaint. Okay. So but the way the what I see when I read this is I say 17 million dollars to recycle 5000 blades. How hard is it for GM to recycle cars and whatnot and batteries cuz they're, they're they're starting to do that I think. Recycle? Yeah. What I'm thinking is $17 million is a drop in the bucket for that kind that kind That's of not production. that much money. No, no. For that, for that kind of, for thousands and thousands of blades. Right. I mean, those things are huge. So every year since 1958, West Texas town of Sweetwater has hosted the world's largest rattlesnake roundup, which is exactly what it sounds like. Thousands of venomous, uh, okay, often, uh, how do you say that? Ophadians. Ophadians are rooted out of their dens and brought to the Nolan. Why does this, what does this have to do with anything? I have no clue. Uh, I bet that they hide in that pile. I don't know. Okay, it's just so a big rattlesnake farm. Somebody said it's just a hazard all the way around. Meyer said she worries about neighborhood children exploring the unfenced piles and says that the stagnant pools of water inside the blades breed swar swarms of mosquitoes. Matt Jackson, who works in a nearby oh, warehouse, has also has other concerns. The piles create shaded nooks and crannies, perfect for Sweetwater unofficial mas mascot. It's just a big rattlesnake farm. Oh, okay. So yeah. the water and um and all the crevices attract all these critters. No, I just I don't think the windmills themselves are a problem. I just think GE and whoever. That's crazy the, the though. Look at that. Well, yeah, the Sweetwater was just being. Uh, very corrupt and just taking the money and not doing anything or not right. or or just telling them that's not enough. You need like 50 million or a hundred million dollars to recycle all this. How would you recycle that? I don't know. I assume shredding it and recombine reconstituting it into new blades. I don't know how fiber fiberglass blades are actually built though. Is but there a different way that you can make them without fiberglass? I would assume so. But the thing is fiber fiberglass just might be the lightest and strongest material for this application and cheapest okay i think that's just what it is it's just cheap light and strong that's why it's used for wind blade wind turbine blades but i don't i don't know the recycling process um that's involved because yeah where do you what do you do with it i don't know right um 
but I do think that in states like going back to the power solution for Texas, I mean, them their power going out during the winter was just a problem because they just didn't have the capacity to deal with generating that much heat. I mean, they recently are starting to pay people to insulate their houses. Whoa. And when, well, it's good for cooling and heat. It's right. It's pretty much just yeah. stops the, the loss or gain of heat from right. house. Um, but yeah, a lot of houses don't have insulation. My house has, has solar panels, but most of them doesn't don't. Um, How does that work? Does it go into a, a, a battery storage? I would like to have a battery storage. Those cost though, like 10 grand or something for even a modest one. Okay. But it can last like three days or something. It's good. Okay. I, would, I would have one if I, if I had the money for it, but no, uh, uh, no, it just goes right back to the grid. Okay. It just goes right back into the grid and we get paid a little bit for it. But in my case, we use more than we, we use more electricity than we say. So don't get paid for it. <laughs> no, we don't really get paid for it, but it, it, it knocks our electricity bill by half. So our electric electricity bill would probably be about 250, 300 a month oh, during okay. the summer. But because of the solar panels, it's like 190. Wow. It's not that much. Huh. It's more than it's down here but, yeah. or up here, but yeah, yeah, no, um, they definitely need to solve the energy crisis in uh, in Texas, but they're just kind of throwing money at the problem to build coal fire power plants just for the winter. Wow. It's apparently going to just set idle for like 10 months out of the year or something. The those coal? Plants. Yeah, those plants. That's could, crazy. Yeah, where they could have just invested in more solar. and Weren't they uh, getting wind. their energy from out of state? I I think so. I, I, forget, I forget exactly what was happening. Here, let me see one. if I can find that, um, and then we'll wrap this up. Because yeah, I just moved there last year, so I didn't do a ton of research on their energy. Okay, let's see here. But they were—I mean, something neat that they were trying to do was build giant battery storage facilities, so where they would just store electricity and then release later on uh, when the communities need them, like during the cold. Right. Uh, but they—but right. that's certain. That's so far has failed. So it says early power plants produce electricity primary from coal, steam, and hydroelectric energy. Today, Texas still generates electricity from some of these traditional sources, but increasingly relies on natural gas as well as renewable resources, primarily wind. Um, Let's see. I think they get it from another, like they get a large percentage of it from another state too. Well, I mean, most states, most states actually do that where the entire country is connected. Or no, no, no. They're on their own power grid. They are. I think so. I was wait, I was just waiting. So to it's see it. not connected. I don't think it's connected. All right. Let me hold on. Let me change my it, sh- it should be connected. I mean, it just makes sense in case your power goes out. You have plants that go down. Because I know uh, during one crisis here, Michigan State's power plant actually helped fed most of the eastern seaboard. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, at one point there was a huge power outage, so we helped. They, oh, they, they helped. Yeah. They helped uh, supply power. I guess not most Pennsylvania and whatnot. As far was that when we were like younger, we were kids. Yeah, because I remember General Motors going out of power, and my dad came oh, home man. early. All right, yeah. I had to go home. So it says by not crossing state lines, the synchronous yeah. power grid is most respects not subject to federal 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 energy Regu- regulatory commission regulation. All the electric utilities in Texas interconnection are electricity or electrically tied during normal system conditions and operate at a synchronous frequency of 60 HZ. Yeah, which I think most of the country is 120 hertz or something. 
Wow. I forget. 80 hertz? I don't know. It's def- It's definitely different. It's been a while since I've studied that. But Texas yeah. is the only one of the contingent, contingent, contingi- I can't say that. Yeah. Contingent, uh, 48 states, which its own standalone electricity grid. Why, like I wonder, why is that? They just like to be special sometimes. They just want to be more free than everybody. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> which in that case means you don't have power at some points. I get I, that's their choice. Um, <laughs> but no, no, I think I think Texas should connect it to the rest of the grid. But again, that's going to take a bit of because that yeah they have a different frequency for how fast how their wind or power turbines. Right. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been into a plant like that. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, the, yeah. Each of each of the turbines rotates at a specific speed. And that's what generates the frequency. Mm. I don't know why they chose 60 hertz. That's their choice. But mm. it, w- it wouldn't be that hard to change it. It would just be different uh, plant operations. And how the heck do you slow them all down at the same time? Right. Right. <laughs> and then con- and then connect it to the main grid. So you'd have to, you'd have to literally shut down cities or something to, uh, I guess, change the frequency that it's running at. Whoa. Which that would be pretty hard. That would be hard. <laughs> yeah. So you'd almost have to bit like build like a backup facility yeah. or something, and then yeah, just to do that, and then flip it, and then yeah, which I guess now would probably be the best time for it. Yeah, but I doubt that's going to happen, at least in our lifetimes. Right. I, usually, you know how you, I mean you've seen how uh, politics happen once things are going that you don't really want to stop them. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing with that kind of stuff. It just kind of affects politics. Right. Absolutely. People, people's lives. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, this was a lot of fun. We've had consistently three people watching this whole awesome. time, which is awesome. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. This was a lot Thank of fun. You. This is our Christmas episode. So Merry Christmas to everybody. I should have worn my, worn my Christmas suit. I know. I thought about wearing like suit. I thought about wearing like a Christmas hat, but uh, lost opportunity. Yeah. But this was a lot of fun. No, I, I really enjoy uh like whenever I have somebody who's willing to do the podcast, working out with them and then doing the podcast because I, I think like when you do something hard with somebody, it builds this bond and cause you're struggling together and you have like a sense of com- camaraderie. So when you come and sit down for a conversation, then it's like fully authentic. Oh, definitely. And I love that. I love that feeling. And, and you kind of build topics together while you're working out and kind of yeah. figure out where the podcast is going to take place. I mean, we were talking that whole run could have been a podcast. Oh yeah, definitely. It would have been yeah. pretty, it'd be a fun podcast. It would have been. It wouldn't have been much video, but no, no, but the audio <laughs> would have been like pretty, pretty substantial because I mean we talked a lot about a lot about a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know the but, breathing. The breathing might have taken up half the podcasts. Yeah, and if you could find a way to cut that out, it probably wouldn't be so bad. You can almost. Yeah, you probably could. Well, thanks for doing yeah. this. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm definitely going to take something from this and try to change the way I do some things and. Um, add some experiences for the guests that want to want to partake in wanting to yeah. do something difficult with me. I think that'd be fun. All right. Yeah. No, it'd be kind of, that'd be fun. Yeah. And give the viewers just something a little bit different once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks everybody. Thanks for watching. This was fun. Merry Christmas, everybody. See you guys oh, over here. <laughs> <laughs>